0: An interesting case, most interesting. Now, tell me, have you ever experienced hallucinations previously?
1: Uh, well, um... No, no, not really. I mean, there were a few pink elephants after last week with the champagne, but, uh, otherwise, no.
0: Very well. Now, please, do close your eyes. Just let yourself go and completely relax.
1: Okay, I'll try.
0: Now, I'm going to play you some music, just to make you forget all your troubles. When I was in France, I
1: was so Oh, lonely. oh no, it's not so ZZ's weird. song.
0: USA. I
1: don't know so about you, but I always skip this English one English on the Supercar
2: soundtrack
0: CDs. Alright, now open your eyes for a moment, and tell me your thoughts. Okay, well, I,
1: uh, oh no.
0: Enchanté, monsieur. Voila, here I am. No, no, get her away from me. No. What are you talking about? Surely you're not having another hallucination, are you? I see, zeezy. Oui, monsieur, C'est un moment. Now, now, just close your eyes again, Let's have some more music and this time try to relax.
1: Okay, 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 okay. I don't believe in Zizi. I don't believe in Zizi. There's no such thing
0: as Zizi. Alright, you can open them. No, no, I don't want to. Come along, you must face up to the truth. Open your eyes. Okay, here goes. Oh. Where'd she go? <sighs> Alas, my room has never changed.
1: It's all
0: in the mind.
1: Wow. Gosh, I must be really under the weather if I'm imagining little French girls appearing and disappearing. What you need is to go to some lonely place and forget- But it is oddly appropriate for our purposes since today's episode is Disappearing Trick. Say that again? Although the randomizer, it's chosen the episode Disappearing Trick. You know, the protectors. You... Don't say.
2: Is anyone there? What was that? Please let me out.
1: So welcome back to the Randomizer. We are joining the Protectors in Paris today. Lovely establishing shot of the Eiffel Tower there, and uh, here we are in a hotel, keeping an eye on the door to the ladies' room because uh, you know if the men's gets uh, gets too busy. We might need to nip into the ladies if it's an emergency. Uh, Harry's shooting eyes at Paul there across the lobby. Ah, the Contessa's come out. She's done in there. And now, who else are we waiting for? Who could possibly be in the ladies that the protectors would be so interested in? Why? It's, um. Hmm. What do you say, lady? Oh, dear.
2: all right, it's all right, I'll handle it. But, monsieur, a lady! To hit a lady! A lady?
1: Oh, it's not a lady.
2: Joe Lomax. Hired gun, strong arm, and general hard nose.
1: You might recognize him from the Green Death.
3: How did you find me?
2: It wasn't too difficult.
1: Uh Yeah, there's I can't remember this actor's name, but he was um Oh god, which in the Green Death, Doctor Who Fans, which of which of the miners is it who goes down with Joe in the uh, into the mine, is it? But, or is it Dave? Um, anyway, yeah, that's him. Um, whichever one is not Telfrin Thomas. I can, re- I can remember what actor it's not. I can't remember the actor that it is. Anyway, forget him. He's not in the story anymore, but he has provided an idea for a uh, part of it. As we head on over to, uh, well, a nice estate. Doggies. And uh, there's a... a lock and chain on the gate. Wonder what that's about. Written by Brian Clements. Oh, the protectors got themselves in the paper.
3: Now there's a foolish one. What's that? Well, this guy Lomax, he travels halfway around the world, switches his identification a dozen times, and <laughs> he still gets caught. He <laughs> did it way wrong. <laughs> you could do better, I suppose. Well, now you want to bet that I can't just drop off the edge of the world, just sort of evaporate? <sighs> Brass. Now listen. Just because I haven't, the. it doesn't mean to say that I don't know anything, you know. I never said it did. Yeah, but you are thinking it. <sighs> all right, all right, $10,000. Um, $10,000 $10, that I just can disappear, right? 10,000? I'll make it 20, uh, 40, a million. What does it matter? We both know you're not going to disappear. You're not going anywhere at all. You want to bet?
1: So, as you probably won't have gathered from this scene, Darren Nesbitt, for it is he—Darren uh, Nesbitt's character is um, locked up in this place for reasons of him being a bit mentally wobbly. Harry. That is the whole scene in which all of that is established.
3: Harry,
2: come on! Why don't you? I have
1: to say, the first time round, I didn't quite—I didn't quite get that. It didn't seem to establish it as firmly as it needed to for the rest of the story to work it almost seemed like these were just two guys in a house who why have they got a, a lock on the gate well they're a bit worried about security for instance
0: oh well at least
2: you didn't dispute the word talented
1: so that's maybe a part of the story where it the the, the Darren Nesbitt character isn't as established as he could be
2: making allowances for your sex well you don't have to i'll stand or fall on results
1: all right. It also doesn't help that it's Darren Nesbit giving his typical Darren Nesbit cheerful guy performance. He doesn't seem particularly unhinged from a, a normal Darren Nesbit performance.
0: Why don't
2: we dive in the cafe?
1: Meanwhile, I've waffled over not only some lovely uh, shots of uh, Paris, but also a bit of a, a bit of friction between Harry and the Contessa. Here, he seems to be under the impression, um, for for this week and this week only, that because she's a woman. She's not quite up to snuff. In that case, I would have to question why he even hired her. Bonjour. Why he even took her... Why he worked so closely with her, but...
3: uh, You spotted me.
1: It doesn't apply to any episode after this, I don't think.
3: I, um... I wanted you to.
1: Now we're in the cafe.
3: Well, I didn't want to hire anybody who I thought didn't know their job. You understand?
1: How did Darren Nesbitt get here? We last saw him in a locked house. Carl Young? That is daddy.
3: The shipping millionaire, a, a billionaire actually. I mean, I, I don't like to brag about this thing, but uh, I like it to be accurate, you know.
1: <laughs> I didn't. And know. I really like Darren Nesbitt as a performer. I know for some people he is quite. Um, Mother was the greatest illusionist of all time. He is a bit marmitey, but I kind of like how. Um, I, uh, I want you to make me. Uh, disappear how loosely he interprets his his dialogue it's not just you know here are the lines i've got to say it it feels like a real person the way he's um the way he he puts these like stumbles and um pauses in his dialogue it feels much more natural anyway back at the house where he has presumably escaped from we find his security guard has been bludgeoned got a nasty uh gash across his head there
2: I, i made a bet you know and we could make you disappear with Andres.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's about it.
2: Mm, but for how long?
3: Uh, well, I, I don't know. Uh, a couple of days, maybe a week, uh, until I prove my point. <laughs> <you know?
2: laughs> yes, but why us? Because we're detectives. Because we find people. Because we know what mistakes they make, and because we know
3: what not to do. Hmm? Hey, you're very fast. Huh? You know, I knew it. I knew the moment I read about you two that you'd be the best ones for the job. You know, I reckon that you are the best in the
1: business. It must have been a very slow news day for the protectors to get their faces on the cover of the newspaper like that. Actually, I know it has to happen for the story. It might be fun. But um, was there really nothing else happening? Enough for you. I mean, that wasn't just a French newspaper. That was an English copy of the Times. So this made this made headlines around the world.
3: Hey, I mean, you take me to uh, Spain. Anywhere, <laughs> we'll talk about it back at
2: Boucher's place.
1: You'd also think that Harry wouldn't be too up for posing for a photo with the, uh, the crook they called. Nor would the crook, for that matter. For the bill, hmm? Anyway, the Contessa is going to take. Uh, uh, this is Brad Huron uh, up on his, uh, his wish to disappear.
2: Get in.
3: Yeah, but what about. Come on, get in!
1: And something I'm going to keep an eye on through this episode is although um, the main cast are in Paris, I'm pretty sure. Even though we do see him on location, that Darren Nesbitt is not.
2: One in disappearing. Don't talk, move. Talented amateur.
1: So the Contessa and...
2: She just ran out on you.
1: Is it Brad or Carl Huron? Oh, the Darren Nesbitt guy.
2: You, that's all, admit it. I'll
1: just call him Darren Nesbitt from now on.
2: Maybe. Hey.
1: They've I disappeared together.
2: I don't know, there's something about that Huron guy, something I don't trust, something phony. And while you're being over-cautious, they both just disappeared, huh?
1: (laughs) I think Tony Anhalt might be a bit drunk in that scene.
2: Well, I guess we got kind of slack, Mr. Huron. Your son hadn't given us any trouble in months. Especially these past few weeks, he seemed so... so lucid. Lucid? Lucid?
3: Oh,
1: dear. So that's uh, Don Henderson, um, another Doctor Who name um, it was Gavrock in Delta and the Bannerman is the security chief there but we also had as uh, <laughs>
3: You'll come looking all right, yeah. as
1: Darren Nesbitt's father kind
3: of crazy bet a bet we got the idea from the newspaper newspaper
1: that's David Bauer uh, who was in basically every ITC thing ever except uh, I think this might actually be his only Anderson appearance.
2: Hey come on remember the ethics of our profession this gentleman might be in league with whoever is chasing Brad Huron whoever he made the bet with the man he made the bet with is in the hospital with a compound fracture of the skull and my son put in there
1: Brad is- But Brad. in addition to being in all the ITC things uh, of particular note he was in he was number he was a number 2 in the prisoner episode living in harmony and Darren Nesbitt was a uh, a number 2 in the prisoner it's your funeral so we have two number twos he is, he still in the same episode
2: with our colleague
1: isn't that interesting i i can count i can count to two
2: hey you really think you can get away with this stake my life on it
1: oh um,
2: right wait,
1: wait. Darren Osbert is also really good at doing um shady playing shady characters and looking like He's a really nice, happy guy, and then he could potentially kill you if he wanted to. Um,
2: Mr. Rule, when they find my son... He just heard me tell them he's a sick man.
1: I'm gonna go play in a Wild West fantasy village.
2: <laughs> the police won't find the Contessa. Not if she doesn't want to be found. Call Leprav, Tell him to get in touch with every stoolie in town. She's going to have to dump that... Soon, and I want to find out where...
1: Okay. Ah yes, the well established Protectors character La Heading into an underground car park here with a contessa. And here's what I mean about um Darren Nesbitt possibly not being in Paris. He's here on location in a real underground car park with Dorn Porter, but this could be in the UK. Hey,
3: wait a
2: minute, Are we gonna steal a car now? Who said steal, little mine? Oh,
1: must be nice to have that much money.
0: And then I think a you change of clothes for you.
1: Entendu. Wait. Oui,
2: d'accord. Au revoir. So she dumped the car. Where? In town, in Arango.
1: Own... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Paul Boucher has eight clocks in his apartment. Seven on the wall and one on the mantelpiece.
3: Ah. Everything okay?
2: hmm. The only problem was your bra size.
3: My
1: bra size? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, even for a, a would-be murderer, Darren Nesbitt's looking very confused there, uh, as well. He might. Meanwhile, Harry and Paul are searching the Contessor's...
0: Bunchy take? Sit monsieur.
1: ...army of cars. Does she have, like... I mean, I, I estimate she's got about ten cars here. Does she have, like, ten cars in every car park in every major city in the world? Who knows? Because we're on for more important questions now. Namely... If you've ever wondered what Darren Nesbitt might look like in a dress, well, this episode has got you covered.
3: I caused a bit of a stir in the men's
1: room. How do I look? (laughs) Oh,
2: Grandmama, what big hands you've got. You better keep those out of sight, otherwise you look great.
1: He actually doesn't look too unlike... What are we stopping here for? A lady, actually. I hate to say it. And uh, I believe, actually, recently, Darren Nesbitt has played a, uh, a a drag queen in a film. And it won't be long now. So I wonder if he had protector's flashbacks while making it.
2: You see that little man across the street, the one by the car? His name's Leprav. He's a professional busybody used by lots of people in our line of business. Somebody's using him to locate the car now. Another few minutes and we'll know who. Okay, Leprav, we're on our way.
1: God, everybody loves Leprav this week. The so important character of Leprav, who has never been seen before and will never be mentioned again.
3: Couple of years. You?
2: I move around.
3: Well, would you consider staying still long enough for me to um,
1: get to know you?
2: I think I might need notice of a question like that.
1: She actually seems to be genuinely considering it.
2: The man you made a bet with has just played an ace. He's hired Harry Rule to find us. Now we really do have to move fast and cleverly. Harry is a professional.
1: Yeah, it says something about the uh, the charm and magnetism of Darren Nesbitt that even when he's dressed up as an old lady, women are still drawn to him. Saying so I might I might consider a relationship with you.
2: Bonjour, monsieur. Cafe? Information. I'm looking for a woman. Tall, slim, beautiful. She was with a man American, a chunky and a friendly face. I'm sorry, monsieur. You didn't see anyone. A beautiful woman, yes. She sat here just a few moments ago. But she was with her mother, monsieur, not a man. Just an old lady. Oh. An old lady? Oui. Did she wear a veil? Why, yes. Where did they go? They went out across the street.
1: And there she goes. And again, that's clearly Nyrie Dawn Porter driving the car, but. Well. Oh. Oh, okay. So on location. Well, I've done it. Nairi Dawn Porter was driving a yellow car. She was sat in the left seat with the steering wheel. Now we're in the studio. She's in the right seat. Um, yeah, right hand drive. Anyway, yeah, Darren Nesbitt was closer to the camera in location filming, or at least the Huron character was closer to the camera than Nairi Dawn Porter was in the location filming. But because he's dressed as a woman, you can't tell that it's him. I'm not convinced he went to Paris.
0: Young one
1: and this is my main issue for the day. Did Darren Nesbitt get to go to Paris?
2: You know, I would have expected better from the Contessa. Uh, putting him in old lady's clothes. It's a straight steal from the Lomax case.
1: Yeah, that world-famous Lomax case. We even posed for a photo with Lomax.
2: Wait a minute, Paul. I think you're right. What? The Contessa, she can do better than she is. What do you mean? Dressing him up like an old lady. I mean, that's corny and obvious. I'm picking out a bright yellow Citroen when she had her choice of a dozen cars. She's blazing a trail a myopic Boy Scout could follow. She's going to switch. Completely switch. Right. Yeah, but to what? Okay, what would you do if you were in her shoes? Well, I'd get another car. Yeah, but you can't just hire one. there would be questions and papers. A taxi can be traced. She's got to have a cool car. One that no one's looking for. One that's already been found.
1: Ah. So is it back to the car park? It's back to the car park. Yay! Because when you go to Paris, you want to spend most of your trip in an underground car park. Admiring cars that you can't have. Because one woman who seems to have all the money in the world has bought every single one of them. Yep, they've dumped the yellow car and Nesbit's lady clothes. Where one? And now I don't know where we are. We've left Paris. We're out on the highway somewhere, through the mountains. I mean, but where are we headed? Spain. Huh.
2: Well, that's where you said you wanted to go, isn't it? Oh okay, yeah, yeah. I think we'll have to stop for petrol soon. The tank's nearly empty. <laughs> There's no turn off here for 10 miles. This road leads up into the mountains. You know, we could be making a mistake. You said that. You could be going in completely the wrong direction. You said that too. And I'll keep saying it because I keep thinking it. We don't know the Contessa came this way. Kieran mentioned Spain. This is the only route they could take. And if you're wrong? Uh,
1: oh, he did mention Spain, didn't he? Yeah.
0: A little in near the border, real French cooking, bottle of local wine. How does that sound? i
1: uh, am with you. But that was a very tenuous thing to base tearing off into the mountains for anyway stopping off for petrol
3: no wait a minute someone's in back I'll fetch him all right
1: I can detect their presence using my um, mechanic detecting senses I don't know yeah here we have a character who's meant to be here on on location approaching the garage But again, he keeps his back to the camera. And then we cut to Darren Nesbitt in a real garage. Again, this could be England. And speaking of people who I don't think actually went to Paris, I'm pretty sure Tony Anholt actually. uh, Hey,
3: didn't you hear?
1: Ironically, considering his character supposedly lives in Paris, uh, he he hasn't been seen on on location. All his stuff's in the studio. Oh, but it sounds like he picked up some extra work as the radio announcer here.
0: Uh-oh. I uh,
1: he heard the radio warning, and um, I think that's the end of the car mechanic chap. Meanwhile, the contest is having a look under the hood of their own car.
2: <gasps>
1: but who's this coming up the mountain? Oh, dear. Poor old... Poor old Harry, mechanic. Dead at the hands of Huron.
0: Brad?
3: Oh, hi. I can't seem to find anybody.
0: There's a car coming. I think it's Harry. Come on.
1: So out the back of the garage. Hmm. Harry and Paul have left their car. Straight in the back. For they too have uh, mechanic sensing skills. <coughs> Harry is instantly drawn to legs which leaves yeah they left their car wide open for the Contessa and Huron to steal
3: they found us how did they find us because they're good that's why well come on get moving I mean they're gonna follow in your car
2: there's no need to rush they won't get far without a rotor arm
3: blast
1: (laughs) I love the dubbing on that blast line but I also have to credit this episode um uh, this series in particular actually, for telling me, even though I know nothing about cars. Orin
2: Carol before a gets wise.
1: If you want to sabotage a car, you take out the rotor arm. And I don't even know if cars these days still use rotor arms. Uh, that's how little I know about cars. but I know from this series, I believe it happened more than once. Characters sabotaging cars by taking out rotor arms. Anyway. Luckily there are a pair of motorbikes at the garage. So Harry and Paul are now following on those. Rum. I do like the aspect of this episode of pitting the protectors against themselves. This is a script by Brian Clements. It's the sort of thing he'd do. Oh yeah, poor old.
2: Let's try a couple of shortcuts. It looks pretty rough up there. Do You think you'll be able to handle the bike? There's only one way to find out.
1: Yeah, says uh, Robert Vaughan and uh, tony Ann Holt from the safety of the studio with a, a very unconvincing backdrop. and Then we cut back to live-action bike riders. What was I talking about? I have a feeling I was talking about something. Uh, oh, yeah, Brian Clements, um, pitting the protectors against each other. It's a nice idea. Uh, I, I'm not sure Harry's feelings about the Contessa not being up to the job because she's a woman really come from anywhere that makes sense he's never given us that impression before or after this episode I mean he's the, f- in the first episode when he's got a problem, she's the first person he goes to
2: what is I just- well, I don't know.
1: and he clearly has a thing for her so I don't know why he, uh, why he would think that I would have to assume by this point none of the regular actors are
2: We're we waiting for a straight stretch of road I-
1: Are doing any of this chase scene On location at least Paul Oh
0: And Harry What?
2: <sighs> yeah Lose them If it were anyone but Paul and Harry but It's no use
3: Uh oh I said lose them Or else I'll lose you Permanently Now nobody takes me back. Drive.
1: Now she realises how serious it is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what it says about Darren Nesbitt, that him playing a uh, slightly unhinged character is basically no different than most of the other characters he plays in the course of his ITC career. He was another who appeared so many times. He was in this series twice, and UFO, And the Saint, and Danger Man, and the Prisoner, and all the rest of them. Anyway. The car is now at the edge of a cliff? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, It's all gone wrong here. The matching of live-action filming and uh, studio filming. Basically, yeah, that was clearly not Darren Nesbitt falling off a cliff. Um, I hate to say it, it looked very much like Donald Trump. Blue suit purple pink red tie thing and a the blondest blonde wig oh dear anyway he fell off the cliff so that means well
2: he won his bet
1: he won the bet he doesn't get the money and that's it for disappearing trick no resolution as to the whole uh caroline and harry um rivalry thing there that uh that started there and and indeed ends there but that's another fairly decent episode of the protectors one of my favorites i think i'd have to say i don't know if that means that this show doesn't quite hit the heights of um, most others but i've always rather enjoyed this one this is actually our earliest appearance of the protectors on the randomizer so it's got that going for it darren Nesbitt giving a nice uh, guest performance nice to see the protectors pitted against the protectors